This year, build your credit history with the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card. No credit checks to apply. Get started at Chime.com build. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Chime checking account and 200 qualifying direct deposit required to apply. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. Merry Christmas! What is this? Up to Neverland! Ho, 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 come in and know me better, man. Ho, ho. Merry, Merry Christmas. Merry, Merry Christmas. Merry, Merry Christmas. Merry, Merry Christmas. Oh, what a Merry Christmas Take your pixie out of your pockets, Neverlanders. Sprinkle some pixie dust around. Grab your happiest thought. And let's fly away to Neverland with me, your head lost boy, Jeremy, the Spider-Pan, who has now completed Season 5 with this very episode. Next week, we'll begin our sixth season of the Neverland podcast. Who'd have thought I'd have made it this far, right? Uh, and, and with me, uh, unfortunately, Lost Boy Eric is not feeling well today, so Lost Boy Philip, the Kryptonian, is with me again. Hello. Hello there. How are you? We are doing kind of fine. We're, we're having a heck of a blizzard here. Oh, yes. Well, I guess it's not considered a blizzard. I mean, it's it's not coming down hard, but it's been coming down enough all day to where we've got quite a bit of a snow pile up, and so I am literally podcasting in my pajamas because I haven't gone anywhere all day. Well, I understand that. (laughs) So I finally get to use that phrase and mean it, because that's usually an old joke. But uh, we were actually, before we got started, we we made a discovery. Terry McGovern, Launchpad McQuack himself, was the voice of, they say, several stormtroopers in Star Wars Episode Four. The Death Star plans are not in the main computer. That voice there, Terry McGovern, Launchpad McQuack. I love it. I can see him all dressing up as a stormtrooper. <laughs> oh yeah. So that I, that gives me a heck of an as if, as if I didn't have enough of an excuse that I should have him on the show. That gives me a heck of a big excuse to try to track him down because that's awesome. Hey, Launchpad so, was the reason why. Honestly, I love Ducktales. The original, I, the new one's okay, but the original is my favorite. And I'll tell you the truth, Launchpad was my favorite part of that show. My very favorite. Yep. You gotta love Launchpad. But I tell you what, uh, we've got some things that have been going on. I want to make sure everybody is on Twitch TV. Twitch.tv. Find Neverland Podcast on there. I am live streaming games on there. In fact, I've started doing some Star Wars Battlefront 2 Twitch streaming that you can check in and see me die a thousand deaths. (laughs) (laughs) I am dying all over the place going through the story mode of that thing. Uh, But I've got some interesting news coming up about that game. We have a lot of fun things happening in the parks and all around. And also, we're going to go visit the trailer park because there is at least three trailers that I have to get into and talk about. Not to mention, we're going to review Wreck-It Ralph 2. Ralph breaks the internet. And hey, Philip actually went to go see Creed 2. So we've got a couple of twos for you. And of course, this is our final week of the month of Mickey, and we got to talk about the Lonesome Ghost later. Oh, yes. So we've got it all packed in here for this week's show, so we might as well dive right in.
spanning the Disney and Geek Universe to bring you the best in comics, toys, movies, and entertainment. This is news from around Neverland. Alright, first on the list... D23 has announced their events. They have a calendar of all the different events that, of course, are going to be, you know, ticketed items. And you may or may not be able to go to any of them. But, you know what? It's nice to see them. And we're even going with, on January 25th, you have a lunch with a Disney legend to be announced in Burbank, California. Awesome. Uh, right there. Don't know who the Disney legend's going to be. But a lunch with Disney Legend. Now, I, I figure if you go to the D23 website, you'll find out how you can get tickets for all this stuff. Right now, I've just got a list of all the events for next year, for 2019. But the day after that, January 26th, the official Walt Disney Studios tour presented by D23. Of course, that's also in Burbank. Yes. So I think that's a two for them. They're probably selling that as a weekend. I mean, that would be a heck of a good weekend. Yes. Yes, indeed. February 16th, there's a couple of things. D23's magical screening series, Sleeping Beauty, both at Burbank, California, and why I say a couple of things, because it's happening in two locations, Walt Disney World Resort in Florida. Both locations going to screen Sleeping Beauty. Now, I figure when they do a magical screening, they're going to make it more of an event. You're not just going to sit and watch the movie. They're probably going to have somebody there to talk about it. Uh, I don't know, maybe Leonard Moulton would show up at one of them. That would be pretty cool. It is the live action. I don't think... Sleeping Beauty? No, no, that's that's animated. They have not done a live action Sleeping Beauty. I hadn't heard of it, but when you said the screening, I didn't know if you meant what. What are they doing here? Watching the movie and probably going to have a guest. I don't have any details oh, other than that. It's a classic, then. Yeah, I used to watch the classic, and we're not looking at Maleficent. Maleficent is not Sleeping Beauty. Maleficent is garbage. No, I didn't think. <laughs> no, I not seen it, but I just I didn't have any intention of seeing it. Yeah, don't waste your time. Uh, but anyways, moving on. April, Lunch with a Disney Legend with Linda Larkin over in New York City, New York. Now, it doesn't have a date for that. It just says April. And Linda Larkin, that name sounds familiar. I should have looked this up before. I'm going to Google that right fast because that's what Google's for. Uh, she's best known for voicing Princess Jasmine in Disney's 1992 animated feature film, Aladdin. Uh-huh. So, yes, that, I thought that name sounded familiar. I just had to double-check it. Awesome. Cool. That would be very cool. The funny thing is, you know, playing an Arabian character, and she's very blonde. So, nowadays, <laughs> people would be offended by that. But, well, we won't go there. <laughs> April 7th, though, the official Walt Disney City store, presented by D23, Gold Family Exclusive. It's in Burbank, California. In May, without a specific date, is the Walt Disney Family Museum event for Mickey Mouse Exhibit in San Francisco. May 4th, D23's magical screening series, The Lion King. That will be, of course, Walt Disney World in Florida. Burbank, California will be doing the Lion King screening on May the 11th. I'm pretty sure that is the animated, not quite the live action. Well, quote unquote live action. We'll get yeah. into that one later. Yeah. June, Return to Walt's Birthplace and Lunch with a Disney Legend. Uh, with the Birthplace, they're going to go to Chicago, Illinois. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had a really big event in Marceline that I wasn't able to go to. I really wish I could have. I couldn't afford it. But that's pretty cool going to Chicago and seeing the house there. I don't know if they're, at some point they would come back to Marceline. It would be nice to do that every year. Uh, don't know who the Disney legend is. Also, those June, they do not have a specific day. But June 22nd, the official Walt Disney Studios tour in Burgate, California, presented by D23. They keep doing those tours. That's you know a lot of opportunities for that one. Yep. July 20th. 
D23 member mixer celebrating 90 years of Marvel Comics in San Diego, California. There you go. <laughs> yeah, that should probably be in New York, though. Yeah, I'd say. It's yeah. Marvel Comics. But, you know, whatever. <laughs> we'll move on. That'd still be really cool. August 23rd through 25th, D23 Expo 2019 in Anaheim, California. One of these years I will try to get out there, but it's such a crowded mess that there's not a whole lot you're able to do in something that big. But, you know, I'd still like to go sometime. September 21st, D23's Magical Screening Series, series Indiana Jones and the Temple oh. of Doom. Oh. Walt Disney World Resort. It's kind of nice to get to show that in a, at a magical screening. Absolutely. September 28th, they'll do that in Burbank. So be- uh, you think they get Harrison Ford to show up for that? Oh, I wish. But, you know, maybe because they are trying to start a, a, a fifth film. and Oh, it's already started. Well, what I'm trying to say is maybe he'll, he would show up for a, a promotional situation so who knows maybe maybe they could get Harrison to show up that'd be great you know in costume I don't know about that because you know he's but I would love to if they get short round to come that'd be great oh yeah he needs to come back in a movie you know he's he's probably in his he might be in his 40s by now yeah oh he would be because he's you know yeah he was uh just a little bit older than me than I was about seven at the time yeah so that would be awesome Great. Coming in October, we have Lunch with a Disney Legend to be announced. They haven't even announced the location or a day on that one. October 21st, Sip and Stroll at Walt Disney World Resort, Florida. I have no idea what that is. October 26th, D23 heads to the Hollow in Sleepy Hollow, New York. How fun would that oh, be? That would be outstanding. <laughs> I'd get a I'd kick get out of that. That'd be fun. I'd get excited enough because uh, just about mm, not even a mile from here down the road for me. Somebody in their yard has a thing that's called Sleepy's Hollow. And it, <laughs> throughout October, I was thrilled just to have that near me. So to have the real uh, Sleepy Hollow near you, to have, you know, a Headless Horseman think that, that's uh, more than exciting for me. <laughs> oh, yeah. November 9th, the official Walt Disney Studios tour presented by D23 happens, of course, in Burbank. November 16th, D23's Magical Screening Series up in Walt Disney World Resort, Florida. November 23rd will also be showing up in Burbank, California. And then we have December at T23 Holiday Event, Walt Disney World, Florida. Doesn't give a specific day, but there's going to be a D23 Holiday Event. Don't know what it is. And of course, December will have light up the season with D23 in Burbank, California. Also, not specifically giving a date. This might just be the overall, in general, you know, holiday fun that it's going to happen. But, uh, yeah, that was a lot of stuff for D23 going on. But uh, here's something I didn't even know was coming. I don't know how I missed this. Maybe you heard something about this, but I didn't. Lightning McQueen's Racing Academy. Have you heard of this before? Well, I I heard that they were going to do something with Lightning McQueen himself and that he was going to do something with, with, you know, of course, with driving. But uh, that must have been what they were talking about. But they said, is this like a a, a driving... uh, uh, Ride or or something to that effect because I knew they were going to do something else at Disney. Is it Disneyland? This is going to be Walt Disney World and oh. Disney's Hollywood Studios, and you're oh. actually going to get a sneak peek during the 25 Days of Christmas holiday party on the Disney. Right now, it's on the Disney Now app, and I haven't looked at it, but it will it will air on the Disney Channel on December 1st at 8 p.m. Eastern. Now, there's a description on Attractions Magazine. 
And it says, taking on the role of a rookie racer, guests will cruise in the theater and come face-to-face with Lightning McQueen, appearing live on stage. McQueen and the audience will be surrounded by a giant wraparound screen nearly two stories tall, stretching more than 200 feet from end to end. The racing legend will share some of his wisdom from over the years, but things don't always go according to plan. When the show gets off course, his friends Toe Mater, Cruz Ramirez, and others from Radiator Springs will come in to help save the day. Disney Parks Live Entertainment is working closely with Pixar Animation Studios to bring this new Cars experience to life. More details on this new attraction will be released in the coming months. I imagine what they're going to do is take the uh, stunt driving show and kind of change it around to be a, a Cars thing. This is my assumption. It's my assumption. Uh, that's, that's a very bad assumption because the stunt driving has already been torn down and is becoming part of Star Wars. Okay, it was a bad assumption. But yes. uh, that being said, they probably won't be that much farther than what they have it for uh, as far as the same type of drivers and all that. Uh, well, but this is a stage show. Oh, okay. Well, yes. Know nothing. I mean, that's how I mentioned a theater. You come face to face and you have a large screen, 200 feet. So oh, I'm thinking cool. closer to an Incredidome experience. Oh, that could be. That could be. Because you have a big big screen, so maybe they'll do, you know, like, race car and stuff. And, uh, but you're basically, it's a stage show, and all these Cars characters are going to wheel out, and they'll probably be similar to what you oh. find over in Cars Land. It sounds fun, though, I'll tell uh, you that. Yeah. Now, my guess on where this is going to be located might be somewhere close to Toy Story Land, maybe close oh. by to that area. Yeah, kind of a Pixar place. It's, it's yeah. Yeah. Because they do have a Pixar place uh, over in uh, in Disney near Disneyland. It's in the Disney's California Adventure. Yes, they have like the Pixar place. So maybe, yeah, yeah. This this might be where that's going. But I had no idea this was even coming until I, I just came across this. Yeah, that's awesome. So it kind of caught me off guard. Yeah, I mean, this sounds fun. I love cars. I'm hoping they're going to make some uh, Incredibles type stuff like that. That'd be a lot of fun. Have a whole bunch. Right now, all we have is uh, Incredibles over in Disney's California Adventure. We have the Incredicoaster, which used to be California Screaming. I was told about that. It was a lot of fun. I would love to see a whole. I mean, they don't have to have a whole lot, but I'd love to see a few rides and things based on Incredibles. That would be a lot of fun. You could make a heck of a good dark ride out of that. Yeah, you could. I'd like to see, like, you know, uh, Frozone have a a little area, and that'd be a lot of fun. Well, uh, if you're looking to save a little money and you want to head out to Disneyland or California Adventure, the San Diego Union Tribune has an article here that says... Now, this is pretty typical, though, because winter things kind of slow down around January, February. So there is actually... It's a good deal for families because you can buy up to eight tickets a day per person at discounted prices. And it says, with reduced prices, a three-day pass for one park per day costs 210 And a park hopper pass, which allows entry in both parks in the same day, costs 260 Three-day tickets usually cost 280 or 330 respectively. Tickets also include one magic morning or early entry to a selected park attraction. Four- and five-day passes are also on sale, and ticket prices are the same for children and adults. Discounted tickets are on sale now through May 18th, and you can actually use them starting January 7th through May 23rd, but there is a blackout date from April 14th through 22nd. 
Tickets are non-refundable and will expire 13 days after the first day of use. You may buy them online or through your travel agent. So, actually, that's a pretty good discount because, I mean, it's literally $100 a day just to go into Disneyland, I think. Or at least the Magic Kingdom and Walt Disney World. I know it's over 100 But now a three-day pass, one park per day at 210 that's not bad. That's pretty good, you know. And going up to two sixty to go that and get that park hopper. Uh, that makes him. <laughs> if if I have a sudden windfall of money and I can afford, I mean, because I mean that's three days. That's really all I would need. So you double that for one for me, one for Heather. So we're looking at let's see, about five hundred and twenty dollars right there. Yeah. For our tickets, then we just have to get ourselves there and have somewhere to sleep. I, that's a, that's a pretty good setup, but that's it's always a good way though during those the spring months. But you know the the challenge of that would be Heather has to teach. Yeah. So we but if we did it over like a three day weekend, um, I don't know if there's one coming. You know, because unfortunately May 18th would be before Memorial Day, so it wouldn't even count for our, like our anniversary weekend. And I don't know of any other three day weekend we would actually get around then. Yeah. But if we did it if we did it like a on a Friday Saturday Sunday type of thing. Uh, so maybe she just had to take one day off of school. I don't know. Well, except for you'd have to take a day to fly out there, maybe. Well, if you flew really early in the morning and then flew back late at night, and then, well, she'd just be a mess going back to work. Yeah. But still, that's not a bad. It's a pretty good deal for anyone who'd want to go. Yeah, but that's why they have those deals is during the school year, things really kind of slow down for the travel. Yeah. Uh, you know, of course, the locals are always going to show up, but they're they're trying to get that to where the locals are not just coming out and hanging around on Main Street anymore. They've been working on that problem for years. Yeah, I can imagine. But uh, there's also a listing of events for the 2019 Disneyland After Dark. Oh, uh, this is yeah. So this is fun. This is special after hours experiences. They have unique entertainment. They got specialty food. They got collectible merchandise, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and they have two different events. Sweetheart's Nice on February 7th and 90s Night on March 7th. Could you, did you ever think, you know, we're used to, we would think nostalgia as an agent site. Did you ever think that there would have to be a 90s night and it's considered like a nostalgia type of night? Oh, it's making me sick. Uh, not because thing, <laughs> no problem with anyone being nostalgic over the 90s, but makes me sick because it makes me feel old <laughs> exactly yeah, but the disney parks blog says sweetheart's night is of course everything's going to become very romantic and they want you to dress to impress and bring your sweetheart to enjoy love song themed dance parties including a royal ball experience uh, you're going to, of course, come across some Disney couples like Eugene and Rapunzel, Aladdin and Jasmine, and, of course, Mickey and Minnie. Yeah. Uh, photo opportunities with, of course, romantic scenes from iconic Disney film. Ooh, ooh. So what, oh, all right, what, what's, what, what scene from a Disney film would you want to have your picture taken with Amanda in? Oh, my goodness. Oh, <laughs> I don't even know. Maybe, well, me being a Peter Pan fanatic, uh, that's my favorite, you know. Um, either that, uh, with him and Wendy flying, or... Uh, maybe I know that's not what you think it was romantic, but it yeah, <laughs> but kind of is in the sense that he likes her and she likes him. But um, I, well, not quite that way. Peter Pan no. is one he's he hasn't figured out girls yet. No, but she likes him. <laughs> I mean, yeah, definitely. But, but either that or most likely Beauty and the Beast because I'm definitely a beast. Yes. If anyone else calls her a beast, I'll rip their lungs. At- no, anyway. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> See, either that or like Lady and the Tramp, where they're oh, sitting up on the hill with the moon. Yeah. Or even recreating the spaghetti scene would be fun. First thing I thought of spaghetti scene. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's a great, that's a great thing. Uh, oh yeah, and I bet that'd be an option. I would totally do that. There's a lot of great scenes, really. I mean, uh, you could even think uh, the Lion King 
whatever. Uh, can you feel the love <laughs> I've had to sing that so many times at weddings. I'm like, no kidding. About three or four times I had to sing that at a wedding. <laughs> oh. But uh, moving right along, though, uh, Sweetheart-themed decor, as well as romantic food, beverage, and merchandise offerings. So, of course, you can have dinner. That way you can have that spaghetti moment. And then, of course, unlimited Disney PhotoPass digital downloads of your photos captured during the event. Sounds like a lot of fun. Uh, this, of course... Now, this is in Disneyland, and this is also during those discount nights. Now, um, there are going to be specific tickets, though, to the events. So you'd have to have your ticket for the park and then have your park, have your ticket for the event separate. But this would might be a good time to utilize those discounts to go down and have your park pass to go for three days and maybe do it across one of these nights. There you go. There you go. But on March 7th, 90s night, relive fun Disney memories and party like it's the 90s. Come dressed in your 90s best attire and step back in time to experience everything. Uh, which so your 90s best, what are you gonna wear? Like your either your your bright neon stuff, almost like the Back to the Future 2 version. You know, that was very 90s ish. You know, and you have your crazy off the wall fluorescent colors of Saved by the Bell. Or would you go with your grunge style and be wearing a flannel shirt? We still own half my stuff from the 1990s. <laughs> I was a lot bigger then, but I still, anyway. So there are going to be special 90s themed fireworks, throwback musical entertainment and more. I guarantee they're not playing Nirvana for that. Uh, a reimagined Disney Afternoon Avenue with special greetings from favorite Disney characters from the 90s and interactive photo opportunities. I am all totally there if I could afford it. Yeah. Oh my, a Disney, oh, because they can bring out those rare characters from the Disney Afternoon that you never see. Yeah, you never see them. On a reimagined Disney Afternoon Avenue. I wonder what it's going to look. Oh man. Oh man, that'd be so cool. I know. Oh, decade inspired food. What was that? No? I was going to say, I'm already thinking of a. Uh... Um, oh, what was the name of that show with with the uh, oh Baloo the Bear? Um, uh, Tailspin. 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 Boom. Tailspin. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that would be so cool. Yeah, I was thinking See, about that. And I was thinking about Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers, and yes, that stuff was huge oh. at the time. Yes. Oh my gosh, that would be flipping awesome. Yeah, it would. Oh. In decade inspired food, beverages, and merchandise. I don't know if there's any particular food that would be decade inspired. I mean, what are you gonna do? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, pizza, what do you call those little with pineapple uh, on it? <laughs> no, I was thinking about the, those little pizza pocket things. They're not the you know, ah! that kind of stuff, the, the hot pocket type. Those things are huge, uh, kind of new. <laughs> Oh my gosh! And look, look at this—a commemorative fanny pack. Oh, and man. unlimited Disney Photo Pass digital downloads of your photos captured during the event. Heavens, the burger truck! Oh my gosh! Oh, but moving outside the parks, here's something I, you may have seen. This there was a little trailer that uh, that EA Electronic Arts put out for Battlefront 2. There you go. They're going to have a battles now on Genosis, and they're adding a young Obi-Wan Kenobi. And they they said it'll be more General Grievous, so I guess maybe he's in the game already. I don't know, but they showed General Grievous. Uh, So, and some some new battles you can have there, and it's all coming for free on November 28th. Good. So you don't have to buy any extra downloadable content. It's just going to be a new expansion if you already have the game. Which we have. Yes, we do. Yes. So I am looking forward to that. 
Yeah, me too. Oh, yes. And then here's something else. I'm a little behind on this. I need to jump on Netflix. But Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which we had heard that they were, well, we're just going to wrap the series up. But no, they got renewed for a sixth season a couple months ago. And now a seventh season has been approved. I haven't watched it in a couple years, but yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I am behind on that. I just haven't had time. I'm going to have to get back on it. Speaking also, though, of some Disney television, ESPN apparently is losing subscribers, and some of the blame has been going to, and I've seen a clip of this, one of their sports commentators started making political commentary, Uh-oh. and people don't watch ESPN for political commentary, so uh, they're blaming that. That said, that might have been the problem, as people's opinions are, you know, your political opinion doesn't belong on ESPN. No. You need to talk sports. What? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I know a sports network. Who'd have thought you're supposed to talk about sports? And if you want to talk politics, go over to CNN or something, you know, CNN or, or Fox or whatever. Yeah, you're on the wrong channel, man. So, but the other interesting bit of news I have: uh, this Mickey Advent socks are supposed to be at Target, oh, and we were just at Target. We didn't know, and we I did not know to look for this, but it's a it's a fifteen dollar Advent calendar. It's twelve days of socks. Oh, cool. And every day you get a different pair of Mickey socks. Now, that's cute. Now, had I seen this, of course, I don't know if, if Heather would have. If she likes to get fun socks. I don't know if she would necessarily be into Mickey Mouse socks. No, I don't know. But maybe. But, I mean, the, the picture that's on uh, it's on PopSugar.com, you can find this. But the image source is apparently all over at Target as well. Uh, and, hey, you know what? I got a 20% off coupon for Target that's good until December 8th. I may have to go find this thing. Uh, although some of the socks, I can't tell if they're all men's styles and some women's styles because some have no ankle or whatever. So, well, you know, it looks like Heather and I could share pairs of socks. Uh, <laughs> But I would wear some Mickey Mouse socks. I tell you that right now. Not you. <laughs> I totally would. I know you would. So would I. But you know, I guess I'm not. I'm not into. I mean, I do it. I don't care. Yeah, I would totally wear some Mickey Mouse socks. I wear Superman socks. I mean, I, I have no. There you go. Because of that, you know that. Don't bother me. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but now it's time to jump over into the Neverland Trailer Park. Mama, now the gator got in the house. Now the gator? Give me that sugar. Gator! Get him, Mama. Get that gator. The Neverland Trailer Park. All right. So the first thing up in the trailer park. This, I, I'm a little almost behind on it, but I think I think it's been out for a little bit. But uh, there was a new trailer when I went to Wreck-It Ralph 2 for Dumbo. I gotta say, I, I, and I've already mentioned before, Dumbo looks in tr- himself looks incredibly cute. He doesn't yeah. necessarily... He, he has that... You can tell he's a bit animated by a computer. He doesn't behave completely like a real elephant. But I don't care. He looks adorable. I've got to say the same thing. I don't necessarily need... or it's, First of all, it's got the Disney uh, logo. And you know when you're going to go see it, it's Disney. I, I, this is just me. I'm glad they're kind of getting away from uh, for a while there. They're going so realistic. Oh, we want it to be real. We want it to be real. I'm glad they're kind of getting away from that. You know, it, I think kind of start with Avengers, but um, they, when they were doing their for a long time, it has to be so real. But I'm kind of glad they're getting to a point where it's like, you know what, realistic ish. But yeah, if, if that's even a word. I don't think it is. But, <laughs> we'll, we'll call it a word now. <laughs> yes, realistic ish. With a, a hint, if not a big wink, of cartoon ish, <laughs> yeah. because it is what it is, and so Dumbo has his Disney esque uh, eyes, and I love that. It's yeah. so cute looking. 
Yeah, his big blue eyes. And yes, I, I got to say, you know, I have had my doubts for the longest time. I've aired them over here. I was nervous about Tim Burton because I've seen him make scary clowns. But when I saw oh, yeah. that he had, had said that he wanted to do this because how much he loves the original film of Dumbo. And then when yeah, I started seeing that. that he the love for it is coming out, although it's, it does seem clear to me that this is going to be very much from the side of the humans, how they're going to use the story and tell the story is from the human perspective. So it's going to be very different than what we know, but yet yeah. seems to still acknowledge some of the events because uh, we do have a, a, a magic feather moment, quote unquote, where Dumbo has to hold the little feather and he sneezes and his ears pop out and he flies into the air a little bit from it. Yeah. I love that. That's adorable. And I also did note that Dumbo is covered in suds when his mother's being taken away because, yeah. you know, the bath scene is where she gets taken away. And I do see that they're definitely going to try to make us cry with Dumbo at the little trailer that's, and his mom. <laughs> that's my, my scene, man. I bought my mother a couple of times of the baby mind thing, you know, cause that's her favorite part. And she cries every time, you know, uh, but that, that is just the greatest scene. I mean, I'm disappointed in, in the sense that we can't have the the uh, crows or ravens, or whatever you want to call them. Yeah. And I'm disappointed. Well, and I understand why, incidentally, I do. And I'm. Uh, I also am disappointed that we can't have the mouse, Timothy. He, I love Timothy. We. I think we did see Timothy. We, there was a little mouse with a little suit on. I did see that. I did see that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I, all I'm saying is what I've been uh, told through. Uh, you know, things I've read. Now, I don't know. It could be that, that, that that's not true. It could be that it's in there. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's I it's know. it's a reference to Timothy, but I don't think you're going to have little Timothy coming to help Dumbo because it looks like the kids are going to take that part. So, but at least to acknowledge yeah. some sort of Timothy Mouse, I, I appreciated that. Yeah, absolutely. Plus, you and I mentioned a while ago, I think it's great to see Danny DeVito and Michael Keaton yes. in a film. You know, and plus, if, if you guys know Batman Returns, you know that he put a lot of carnival circus mm-hmm. uh, thing, clowns in that movie of Batman Returns. So that's kind of fun. Yeah. So this, this, this is kind of funny that we get the joke there, definitely. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's a lot. Of, we love both those actors yeah. uh, tremendously. But the more so. I see of it, the more I'm you know, like I'm hopeful. I think I'm going to like this movie. So we'll, yeah, we'll see. see I'll give it time. I'll, I'll take a look at it. Uh, it has such great potential, though, from what I'm seeing. So, but I'm and always going to love the animated. And the fact is, even the title I was mentioning to, to you, even the title has the font, the old, uh, the the mm-hmm. font of the original Disney title, and I was I was thrilled for that because yeah. it just. It, it put me in the spirit of the old movie. It really did. Oh, yeah. But the next on our agenda, and this is funny because, uh, and this has been, it's been over a couple of weeks, but I haven't gotten a chance to talk about it yet. But we had both a teaser and then a quote unquote reaction to Toy wow. Story 4. Yes. And now finally. The, the teaser really didn't show us much. It's just fun to see all the characters back as they're dancing yeah. around. But we got to meet this spork. Who's been given like yes. a weird toy face? It looks like something Bonnie has made that has become a toy. And you know what's cool about the the spork? It is voiced is by Tony Hale. Now, now Tony, I know the name. you know the name. Now here's a time to own the watch. Uh, he is apparently also on Arrested Development, which I unfortunately have never seen. I need to watch it because I hear it's hilarious. But on Chuck, he was on Chuck as that he was the that store manager with the glasses. 
you know, uh-huh. or not, he's not the full store manager, but he was the assistant manager who went and took over the store. And then eventually uh, he sasses a guy he doesn't know is an evil government spy and gets uh, shot right in the eyeball. Uh- <laughs> he, he is so obnoxiously funny on mm-hmm. Arrested Development. He, mm-hmm. is, he is hilarious on the show. He's a little bit slow, but funny. <laughs> So I, I need to watch Arrested Development one of these days. Just, I'm, I'm going to get to it eventually. But I'm it's excited awesome. for him. to. I think this is good. him being that character. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I warn you, the show's ornery, but it is. It, it's got a lot of funny. Yeah. But something else I did not know about. Tim Allen was on The Tonight Show with uh, with Jimmy Fallon. And he's talking uh-huh. about, of course, he's. it's already been mentioned before that he says the ending is super emotional and they had a hard time getting through the script. I don't know Ooh. what that means. By, I hope it's some happy emotion. I hope they don't do something Ooh. terrible at the end that we're all going to cry. But, I mean, we yeah, already had that at Toy Story 3. We all were like, oh, my gosh. And giving up, the, you oh, know, that man. was. I was in that one. Yeah. There. <laughs> so I have a feeling that if this is even more intense than that, oof. But he, uh-huh. he also mentioned that Keanu Reeves is in Toy Story 4. Oh my goodness, that'd yes. be great. I don't know who he's playing, but Keanu Reeves will be in, it's in Toy Story 4. Well, maybe he'll be reliving his Matrix uh, scene. <laughs> Either that or he'll be, be you know, getting to be Ted again. Whoa. Whoa, dude. Whoa. That's awesome. <laughs> hey, he's going to be doing that again anyway. <laughs> yeah, so we're still waiting for that one. It's coming. Oh. Yeah, I can't wait. Yeah. So Toy Story 4, I'm I'm excited about just because I didn't know I wanted another Toy Story movie, but you know what? I'm I'm willing to go to another one just because I love it so much. And despite Toy Story 3 having such a great roundup ending, if they've got, if they're this excited about it, if the people making the film are this excited, usually there's something good coming in there. So yeah. Absolutely. I'm ready Absolutely. for another adventure. But the other thing, you know, the movie we didn't know we wanted until, you know, I've got, and of course, I've been seeing some criticism, but The Lion King. Oh, yeah. Now, of course, granted, this is still, to me, it's an animated movie. Now it's just computer animated with some a little yes. bit of realism. Yeah, realistic, but yeah. It's almost shot for shot. And some people have complained about this, that it's like shot for shot. Well, why are you remaking it if it's just the same movie? Now, I would say shot for shot in this trailer, you want to show that, yes, it's the same movie. But I guarantee there's going to be some new stuff added that we don't know. Oh, yeah. But I actually appreciate that they're trying to be so reverent of the original because, you know, the, the original movie is great. And to show that much reverence to the original film in the the new, quote unquote, live action looking, at least, I, it gets me excited about it to see it that much love yeah. towards the original movie. And it's almost going to be like watching the movie again. But now the characters are going to look more real. And you, yes. you still have James Earl Jones in there, which I mean, because you can't replace James Earl Jones. Exactly. You can't do it. <laughs> so I'm actually excited for this. And I hope there, there's a, I've had one problem with the Lion King that I hope they get to deal with. Because how is it after all this all the time after Simba grows up, he still feels like it was his fault that his father died. He actually didn't do it. I mean, I could I could I could see him thinking that he caused the stampede and maybe you could stretch it that far. But I, I think after a while you'd realize it wasn't your fault. You didn't like he, he takes it almost like as if he killed his father. But I think as he would grow and mature, he might be able to maybe he just ignored it for so long maybe i don't know where he didn't stop and think about it that it really isn't his fault i mean yeah but but whenever you're told something again and again again i mean yeah someone who believes something against himself that's me who thought something against himself for so long that you you start taking it as a fact 
Yeah. And that's how it is. You know, it takes a long time, but especially if you have someone like Scar in this movie. Yeah. Scar tells you that, you know, and you're afraid to to acknowledge it. Yeah. So. And I can see he, he could maybe be convinced that somehow or another he started a, a stampede because he was trying to learn to roar. But, I mean, it's an accident. But I would, I would like to see them deal with that of how he's gotten it so far sunk in his head that somehow or another he's responsible for the death of his father. Uh, I'd like to I see that Rowan expanded Atkinson, on. I wish Rowan Atkinson uh, had come back to, to be involved. That would have been great. Well, I think they they wanted to go with a mainly African type of cast because these the modern yeah. day people get offended if you don't cast the right direction. So I can understand yeah. that. So but either, either way, his voice is so great, you know. Yeah, he has such a good voice. You know, it, it's a. I just wish they could have done that for because he's so awesome. It's hard to replace that wonderful voice. Yeah, but we'll see what they did. I don't. Even, I, I'm, I'm figuring Zazu's in there. Uh, I haven't. Oh, I didn't okay. see him really in the trailer, but you know they they've got to have him in there. So oh, he can yeah, say, I've got the lovely bunch of coconuts, Deedly D. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, I love the small world jokes they make in there too. Oh, not that oh, anything, but that. And it's hard to even yeah. replace Jeremy Irons, you know, because he's such a great actor, so but. Great. Well, there's a lot of great actors uh, of the African-American area. Yeah. You know, there's so many great, great, great actors. So this will be good. But, you know, if they at the, at the modern age, if you were to do that today, you'd have people crying foul all over the place. Uh, and a lot of people yeah. consider it to be like black facing or whatever. And so or whitewashing oh, people get offended by it these days. So now you have to kind of go that direction, and which is fine as long as you get great actors who are great for the character. I'm cool. I'm, yeah. I don't care. Yeah. Just make a good movie. Yeah. And so far, I think that looks like a good movie. So I'm actually pretty excited. So I'm, I'm going to give it a fair shot. I'm looking forward to hear it because uh, to be truthful, I'm not really sure who's all in it. I haven't gotten to look into that very much. I'll have to look into it. I'm looking forward to hearing who's who's playing who. Uh, well, it should be all up on IMDb. Uh, I know I've covered it before. Some names I wasn't quite familiar with and some people I had to look at their picture to know who they were because they, they haven't yeah. been in, a, in, in things that I've seen necessarily. But maybe, you know, they were background. But uh, but it's going to be good, I think. Yeah. In my like opinion, it. I'm going to give it a try. But. Yeah, it was- hmm. But there is a I movie. Say, I, oh, <laughs> okay. Well, no, I'm just gonna move on because I don't know where we're at. <laughs> it's, but it's time to go in. We got a couple movies to review. There'll be spectacle. There'll be fantasy. There'll be daring do and stuff like you would never see. Hey, a movie. Yeah, we're gonna be a movie starring everybody and me. Boy, I wish I were you people seeing this for the first time. Kermit, I got a great picture of the chicken. So, the big one, of course, this week for a Thanksgiving release, and this is like Disney tradition to have like a near Thanksgiving release for the holidays of a Disney film. So, Ralph breaks the internet. He doesn't wreck it. He breaks the internet. And so I went ahead. I made sure I went out to go see this on uh, Wednesday morning. Uh, I, you know, it was a pretty packed crowd. And this this movie is actually doing really well because, of course, we were really excited because Wreck-It Ralph was a great film. Uh, and this one is a good film, but it's not great. I, I It's definitely enjoyable. I, I did have fun with it. It's not as much fun as I had with the first one. And it's got a lot of good qualities. And you'll, you'll have a good time uh, going to the theater for it. But... Uh, 
I don't know. Granted, I, I will say that I actually thought Cars 2 was kind of fun. I know a lot of people hate Cars 2, but it's because people hate Cars 2 that I want to make this comparison. So so Cars 2 actually gave us a, the, the, the movie over to a side character. It tossed over to Mater. And we got in a couple of new characters while all the other main characters that we had grown to love that were part of Radiator Springs were kind of off to the side. And we maybe get a little bit of it, but not really much. Even if we love those characters, we got two new characters and we just didn't love them as much as the Radiator Springs crowd. So R- Ralph Breaks the Internet, Wreck-It Ralph 2, did the exact same thing. All the characters we learned to love, like Felix and Calhoun. That's something I get in her and it right, it's Calhoun. Either way, we get them a little bit at the beginning and a little bit at the end, and they have their own storyline, which seems like it would have been good and would fun to follow. We don't get to follow that storyline. We ditch them early and come back to them at the end. And in the meantime, we only get Ralph and Penelope, and Penelope has got her, she's the major plot point now. So she's basically being Tomator. Uh, and we get two new characters that are added in. Well, actually three, you know, uh, but two of them are a bit more active than uh, the third one. And but they're just, you know, and they're like, OK, a couple of new characters. But we don't get involved with those characters like we did Felix and Calhoun. So we I really didn't care about them. They were like, OK, they're just there to help move the story along. They weren't that great of characters for these two other minor characters. Uh, now, the other things I had a problem with is in the original movie, we have a concept of going turbo, which is, of course, Turbo left his game, went into another game and rewrote himself into the code. And that was a villainous thing to do. But the resolution of this film does the same thing, but it's OK this time. I don't want to get any further than that, but that bothered me. I was like, really? You know, that, and it was also very, very convenient that, oh, we'll just rewrite the code so Vanellope is part of this game. So that was, that kind of hit me the wrong way, but that was the way they had to resolve the, the conflict of this one. Uh, and I also kind of wonder why does it seem like Ralph and Vanellope are the only Ralph and Vanellope that exist? Because there's got to be another game in another arcade, you know, multiple copies. Well, I mean, there might be not be any other Ralphs active. But this is one of the things you have to kind of just go with because it's the cartoon, because they all get to go out into a surge protector, so they have their own little world. But you would think there would be other Ralphs from other copies of the game or other Vanellope's from other copies of the game game somewhere they even established that you can buy replacement steering wheel which must have came from another game console somewhere so you know you have that you know that kind of weird weirdness that i always thought was strange so you know you you don't have to follow rules of logic though because it is a cartoon but i just you had to bring that up and the other thing that i've questioned and that's something i question about the first movie why does vanellope still have a glitch when her code was reset and fixed she shouldn't have a glitch anymore. She gained the glitch because of the rewriting of the code of the game, which is a villainous thing to do, but now that's been done again, I wonder who's going to end up glitched out this time. But yeah, that's another question. But I don't know why she still has the glitch. And the weird thing is she carries this glitch, which is part of the code of her game, so far that she still can glitch in the internet. And I'm like, I got to wonder now that she's... Uh, sorry, mild spoiler. When she's in another game... Can she still glitch? I mean, that's because, I don't know, it's weird. It doesn't make sense to me, but there'd have to be other Vanellope's that don't glitch. And the weird thing is, if you have Vanellope in a different game, wouldn't there be licensing issues for the people who own that character who who created the Sugar Rush game? But once again, I'm adding logic into a cartoon, and maybe I shouldn't. <laughs> it's okay, buddy. Okay. I know how you are. 
that you're, you're logicking. <laughs> yes, but, but it still bothers me. That's stuff I still think they should think about. But here's here was kind of a nice surprise. Alan Tudyk is the little search engine guy. Yeah. And I didn't. Yeah. Alan Tudyk is so so creative and so so funny. Uh, you don't recognize him until I saw him in the credits, and I was like, "Oh, that was him." He he's so great with voices uh, that you don't recognize him. But I I love the fact that Alan Tudyk is in this movie because him sneaking him in is just fine. But yeah. uh, now there are more things that I have. And some people thought this was great, but this is also a problem. This to me feels like you're trying too hard and you're overloading. Because the next question I had is, what is this movie trying to say? Because uh, there's a section about internet bullying or overall just bad behavior people have when they leave their comments on social media and stuff like that. We spent some minutes in there and I thought, okay, well, that's that was a nice little statement, but it doesn't seem to have much to do with the plot. We seem to step away just to show this. It didn't seem to go anywhere. Uh, and then, of course, there was this interesting thing of you know, viral trends. Apparently, that that's about 15 seconds. In fact, the main plot line is we have eight hours to make all this money by making videos go viral that I really had to wonder, how are you able to get all these videos to go through a cycle when we're doing this even overnight? Granted, the Internet is worldwide, so it's everybody, I guess, in foreign countries. But yet we're showing people who are at work or all this other stuff who are passing the videos around. But my question would be, well, what's happening at the arcade if we have a night and then we go into a daytime at any point? Suddenly now, uh-oh, Wreck-It Ralph uh, the, is, is missing. Uh, so the Fix-It Phoenix Jr. game is going to go offline once again, just like it did in the first movie. Uh, but I guess I'm not supposed to think about what's happening at Litwax Arcade. But I, they had eight hours and have multiple videos that Ralph's supposed to be making. But that was led to another question. How is this going to look when a... Basically, he's he's a digital character and he's managing to make videos that he's filming with an iPhone inside the Internet, which is weird enough... But so how is that going to work that he's actually posting? That'd be like a video game creating its own video and posting it up to YouTube. Once again, uh, cartoon logic, don't think about it, I guess, too much. But I did. Uh, And then the other thing that really bothered me, and this was, I guess, another plot thing. I didn't know where they were going because this... This kind of bothered me. So you have a friend who's sacrificing, doing a lot of sacrificing for his their friend, but yet that's being a bad friend is what they the message they ended up sending. Uh, or is it maybe because he's clingy, uh, but or is it maybe sometimes it felt like they were trying to have a father daughter story, but the father's maybe a little overprotective. But or is this it's supposed to be this buddy movie and they're you know and they're, the relationship is developing into where you know we have to learn sometimes with your friend you have to kind of let them go and have their own life. But we're, that doesn't mean we're not friends if we're doing different things and and that's okay. But they, they try to cram all these different messages a little bit into yeah. this movie and it just felt overloaded for being this type of cartoon and it, it just didn't I didn't quite feel like it had a direction that it knew what it was doing. It almost felt like they had all these different ideas and they tried to mishmash them all together because they were afraid they they knew they had to make a good movie and they just tried to shove as much stuff as they in there trying to make a good movie. But they ended up making it just convoluted and it kind of murdered the plot a little bit. Well, I'm not seeing it just yet. I'll be seeing it uh, here in a couple of days. But uh, I've noticed in other films, at least, that sometimes they do try very hard to put in as much as possible and it does kind of uh, erase uh, whatever. You have no idea what they're trying to say yeah. by the end of it. Not that they necessarily have to have huge messages. Sometimes I just want to be entertained. But, Sometimes uh, you just have to have some fun and just have, yeah. a, have a one good story with a, a couple of things that maybe a character is doing stuff. But it just kept branching. And, then the, and I was sitting there going like, you know what this movie needs is like a good villain somewhere. to make yeah. the, But I guess our villain was, uh, was Ralph. 
uh, in, a, in a lot of ways. But we actually, by the end, we finally do get a, a get something because uh, well, all, uh, there is a computer virus. That, 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 and this is another problem I had is, okay, we finally we get a computer virus, and that's how Ralph broke the internet was this computer virus. I won't say what it does or anything, but the interesting thing is there's this big final battle with what is actually a symptom of what the virus has done to the internet, and they managed to fix that. But they never actually deal with the virus itself that could actually cause this to happen again. So I, they just dismiss it because, oh, we dealt with that. Basically, what would be a symptom if you think about it. But once again, there I am thinking in the cartoon, I guess. But that kind of bothers. And that's another thing that this the plot seemed to, is it, are we dealing with you know, people having insecurities? Because that was another thing that came up. So I'm like, what are we doing? What is the story of this movie? It just wandered and meandered everywhere. Uh, but I will say it was still enjoyable. Uh, it's still I, it's still fun to, to hang around with these characters. Uh, so I feel, still think you're going to have a good time. And yes, I've criticized the Dickens out of this movie because I expected better. But it's still pretty good. And I still think you're going to have a good time. And I still think I'll probably pick up a copy of this thing and watch it a few times. Because uh, it's it's still it's still good. It's just not as good as it could be. But you know the sequel is never quite as good. Even Kermit told us that. Uh, but it's it's definitely lacking some of the charm that the first movie had. And maybe the charm of the first one was the nostalgia and all these different characters and how they had some fun with all these extra characters. And this one, their idea of doing the similar type of charm, and it's just like all these internet things that are jokes you could have made a bazillion times already, or that you've heard it already on social media. It's like that meme you've seen five times already on Facebook, and now a movie has tried to make a joke of it like oh yeah i knew that joke because i've already seen it on facebook and so it's most of the movie isn't funny but it does have some funny moments so and there is that you could call it a little bit of self-advertisement when they wind up in the oh my disney website but i still i had fun with that too watching Vinilby get chased around by stormtroopers was kind of fun so i i still enjoyed that but yeah it's a little bit of self-advertising in their own movie and it seems a little pretentious or something but I, the final <laughs> the final note I got to say is make sure you stay till the end. And I mean, let all the credits roll to the very, very end. I was the only person in my showing that stayed till the very end to see what is actually the best part of the whole movie. So when you go, if you haven't gone yet, stay until the very end, until that screen goes dark. Don't move because you'll love it. It's great. All right. So that was a long way to go. So uh, you went to go see Creed 2, though, this week. And hopefully you enjoyed it more than I enjoyed this. I did. I really enjoyed it. You know, some people haven't. They they thought badly upon it. I I was not one of them. I actually enjoyed it. I thought it was good. I mean, I didn't go expecting it to be better than the original Rocky or or Rocky Balboa or anything like that. And and it's not. But I liked it. Uh, I went there expecting to be like another Rocky 4. And what I personally like is... uh, it's like a sequel to both Creed and Rocky Four at the exact same time. It's, awesome. uh, it's really good. You know, some people say, yeah, but we're getting to a point where we don't need villains to be the boxers uh, that he's taken on it. Well, you can't really get that from this. There, there are villains, but and I won't say what happens, but in a way they, at the end, they kind of try to take care of that. But the thing is, is you can't have Dolph Lundgren, uh, play his character Drago in this without being a villain because he was a villain in yeah. Rocky Four. Yeah. So you have him and his son in here as villains. Now the one thing that was kind of strange was in uh, when it first was announced that that Drago was going to be in this film. They first announced that Rocky and Drago were going to box. That was what the first announcement was. That does not happen in this movie. Uh, that's okay. Though. In way, yeah. In a way, I'm kind of glad it didn't happen. In another way, I'm like, oh, I wanted to see it. 
but because that's the, the nostalgia of me. Uh, <laughs> but the fact is, is it, I'm glad in a way because it would have been very unbelievable that two sixty-something-year-olds would have been boxing uh, at this day and age. Yeah. But the fact is, it, it was really good. I personally, I enjoyed it. And if they don't make any more, it'd be okay. It was a good way to end it as well. But, but it was good. I, I, I thought for me. But I'm also a Rocky fanatic. You have to understand. <laughs> yeah. So, definitely, and I, I definitely got to get out and see it one of these days. I because I, I was pretty excited about it because of the nostalgia. Because Rocky Four is definitely cheesy as heck, but I still like it. It's fun. It, it's it's the cheesiest and definitely the eightyish enough. Oh, the, yes. uh, but it's still not my least favorite. My least favorite. It's my next to least favorite. But my least favorite has to be Rocky Five. Oh yeah. That's me. I mean. <laughs> But anyway, that's, I won't say anything else. I'm afraid I'll give away some stuff, so I won't okay. say anything. Yeah, I'm afraid I might have given away a little bit much, but you know, there's not big spoilers really to be had in Wreck-It Ralph because there's not much of a story there. So, But uh, yeah, it's sure. time to go on to our main segment. To Disney and beyond. And, of course, this main segment now, we are continuing, and it's the final week of our Mickey Mouse Month. For Mickey's 90th yeah. birthday. And I've I've saved this one to last because this is a classic. The Lonesome yeah. Ghosts that was actually yes. released December 24th, 1937. Which is funny because you would think they would put this out in, yeah. uh, in, in October. Yeah, you would have thought. You would have thought. But this actually was three days after Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs had come out. Really? I did not know that. I did not realize that until I've I've looked it up here at Wikipedia. It mentions that, which is fine. Uh, this yeah, is yeah. this is yet another one where I had you know, I mentioned the Fisher Price book last week. You know, and have quite the record on the page. I had yeah. this one as well. So this this is definitely has been one of my number twos. But I have a lot of things I have to rank number two because I love all yeah. of them. Although there there are yeah. some that are a little lesser for me, but this I love this one. This is funny because you remember I mentioned to you that Viewmaster that was animated. Uh-huh. That you could, this was the first one that I received. Uh-huh. And I used this more than any other. In fact, to be honest with you, I used it so much. It was nearly unusable by the time uh, we got rid of it. And I don't even remember. Maybe it was because it was used too much, but we eventually got rid of it. I It, it was nearly unusable, <laughs> but I loved it. I absolutely loved it, man. Yeah, this was a was great, cool. and I mean, this, I don't know if they would admit it or not, but this had to be some of the inspiration for Ghostbusters, and I do love that when they were doing those DTV specials, and they did a Halloween special, they put the music, Ghost, the song Ghostbusters by Ray Parker Jr. on top of scenes from this cartoon, because it's so perfect. I think you'd know this already, but there was actually a court situation where Ghostbusters, the movie, uh, was actually being sued by Disney uh-huh. at the time. Yeah. And I don't think Disney won, but it should have in reality. It, and that was before the whole DTV thing happened. So yeah. I, I'm sure they made a piece, but um, yeah, the DTV, uh, or I mean, excuse me, Disney did sue them. And it was because of uh, Goofy making the line, oh, we ain't scared of no ghost. And then yep. right or there. I ain't scared of no ghost, at least. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or something like that. Yeah. And right there, you know, they used it. I mean, so yeah, whether they admit it or not, it is, taken from that <laughs> yeah the ghostbusters they got sued by about everybody because you have that issue you also have that their ghost and the logo kind of looked like a, a casper the friendly ghost style uh not yeah, directly like casper but like of one of the the bad uncles 
Uh, and then also that they had problems with the uh, f- with filmation because they had the Ghostbusters that had already been a little yeah. you know short TV series. And yeah, they then you have the controversy of the Ray Parker Jr. song is actually almost the same riff from I Want a New Drug by Huey Lewis because originally they went to Huey Lewis to make music for Ghostbusters, but Huey Lewis was too busy working on Back to the Future. Yeah. So they got sued for about everything. <laughs> it's just, it's a, but you know, let's be honest, and I love Ghostbusters. I'm not trying to diss on That's them. That's right. I love it. You, I mean, you know, they were my all-time faves. I mean, but which a lot of things are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that being said, uh, you got to be careful when you're dealing with something like that. You, you can't be borrowing so many things when there was such a uh, copyright crazy world. You yeah. know, it, it, it so in the sense that they, you know, they did make those things. But, oh, yeah. uh, you know, and, and it's not like they didn't make their money on Ghostbusters. Let's be honest. They're right. still making money. Right. <laughs> it's been over 30 years. Yeah. So, you know, th- but that being said, uh, in this case with the Disney situation, that was borrowed right out from it. So, <laughs> yeah, with the Ajax Ghost Exterminators. Yes. And I, I love the fact that this, this basically what as the ghosts are just bored because they're too, they're too good and they've scared everybody away. And they figure they must be thinking it's a real challenge to bring people who are supposed to be ghost exterminators. And I love the phone call. Do you chase ghosts? This house is full of them. <laughs> and then in the, <laughs> even the other side of the phone call, when uh, when Mickey would say, it's, you know, it's almost like he's asking the question, do we, ch- oh, I guess, yeah, does Goofy answer first? Because he even asked, do we chase oh, ghosts? Yeah, do we chase ghosts? <laughs> A customer, a customer, a customer, you know, <laughs> the conversation on the phone is, is, is you're, it's already laughing. Uh, and I yeah. even love the, when they get to the door and they knock on it and the door just falls down. As, as, I mean, that's the way that Mickey, Donald and Goofy yeah. make an entrance. Like they're here to kick butt and chew bubble gum and they're all out of bubble gum, you know? Yeah, that's exactly right. Rowdy, Rowdy Piper. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> But, and it's funny that the, the stuff they have. I mean, because Goofy's got an axe, Mickey's got a got a shotgun, and and I think Donald has a net. And there's like, you're actually going to catch a ghost with this stuff, or shoot a ghost? So what are you going to do? Yeah, they you... obviously don't know anything about yeah. anything. They have no idea how they're acting. It's like they don't have physical form, so they're they're just outmatched. And of course, in any good horror movie, you got to get them split up so the ghosts can get them all individually. And the ghosts yeah. are just pulling these gags. Yeah. They managed to get everybody in on this. And Goofy has to be my favorite part of this cartoon. <laughs> I mean, I'm brave, but I'm careful. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, I was telling you how when I was a kid, I had that little animated thing. Um, the, I used to rewind over and over again to watch Goofy poke himself in the rear end with that nail or whatever. <laughs> that was the funniest thing. And the way he was just absolutely ballistic in that drawer. <laughs> I got him, Mickey. I got him. I got him. You know? yeah. <laughs> and, then, and I love. I loved at the end where those they come up in that gooey molasses yeah, or whatever molasses it is. Molasses and flour. <laughs> and when they come up out there and scare the ghost, that animation to me was just an outstanding. <laughs> lo- I loved it. I would watch that thing again and again and again. Oh, thank God for the Viewmaster. I, oh, man, I love that. And that also leads to the most misunderstood line in, in uh, I think, Donald's oh. ever said. So you can't yeah. take it, you big sissies. And it took a while yeah. before I even understood that's what he said. Yeah, that's what he said. But but I had to watch that thing so many times to figure it out. <laughs> my, uh, my brother, 
used to kind of do a Donald Duck thing, but he used to quote that wrong on purpose just to throw people off. And he, would, he would say stuff that I won't even go into it all because some of it wasn't very nice, but he would say stuff just to throw them off, just to make a thank you saying some pretty ornery things. And was, <laughs> I've had people tell me that they thought that, that Donald Duck, whenever he's throwing a fit, was actually probably cussing, but we couldn't understand what he was saying. I don't think you could prove that, but I understand how you could think that. But I also will tell you this. uh, One of the things that I bought, I don't even know where it went. Someone probably took it to be truthful. But I had bought at one time a denim baseball hat where Donald was throwing a fit. And they put up the little, I don't know if you want to call it text, but it had all the little uh, squiggly signs that, uh, and you know, exclamation marks (laughs) to make it look like a person. And I love that. I bought it at Disney, by the way. Disney World. (laughs) And that was so they they aren't necessarily fighting that they're trying to in a way uh, proclaim that that's what he's doing so you know so maybe he's just squawking like Yosemite Sam and the rack and yeah <laughs> so his will be squawking you know blocking or whatever <laughs> yeah well this of course has the cast of Walt Disney as Mickey Mouse Clarence Nash yeah. as Donald Duck and yeah. Pinto Colvig as Goofy which I believe he was the original yeah. guy yeah. And Billy Bletcher is marked as the short ghost. Now, a lot of their other sounds that they have for some of the other ghosts is actually some things that they collected. Uh, you can hear on that first Haunted Mansion record, even. Uh, so a lot awesome. of it was part of collected little whales and stuff they had done, whales and groans or whatever, that they had collected for that album. Uh, even the big yawn is actually something for that record. The ooh, yeah. you know. <laughs> so it's really kind of fun. They got got some use out of their sound effects there, uh, which I'm sure they, they actually must have really uh, originally recorded. Of course, you know, this is 1937, so they must have done it as a crazy yawn, but they might have just done it because they were collecting sounds. And then eventually they released those sounds later in promotion for the Haunted Mansion with that first album. So. Uh, that's kind of what that album when you listen to it it seems like it's a collection of all the sounds throughout the years they'd done for the cartoons so that was the original because it's funny he doesn't sound like he's yawning but how else would a ghost yawn that just makes sense that it'd be this horrible wailing you know Yeah. <laughs> so just so much fun and just screwball comedy because the, the ghosts are almost Bugs Bunny in the fact that they can cause almost any weird wacky thing to happen to, to go against the people that are chasing them with the, especially yeah. with the whole flooding the place and everything and no, the door no, no, no. into the floor and all this crazy stuff <laughs> it's just so much fun and I absolutely love this cartoon and uh, what a great way, actually, to wrap up a great month of all these great Mickey cartoons and all the fun we've had. We're living just a, barely a handful of all these great Mickey Mouse cartoons, but this is definitely one of my top ones. I, I just adore it. And uh, the weird thing is, is that that 13 episode or 13 cartoons collection that I got that they've recently released of 90 years does not have this one. Wow. Thank goodness for all the Halloween things. They almost always have that. How could they not? Yeah. That's more Halloween than just about anything that you could bring out that it's it's that i mean my goodness yeah well heck they always include it with uh when they release the adventures of ichabod and mr tone you'll always have this cartoon with it so yeah there are ways to get a hold of this cartoon so you can watch it and enjoy it and show it to your kids and share it for generations and generations. I mean, it's, it's yeah. well, 1937, and here it is, 2018, and we're still loving it. And, I mean, that's uh, whew, 
78. Well, you know, this is at least, what, eight, at least 81 years. If I'm doing my math right now, this should be like 81 years, and we still love this cartoon. Yeah, the thought of Mickey Mouse uh, going through the whole sailing thing. Uh, where he's <laughs> yep. the water, that's, a, that's a great deal. Where he opens up that door. and I just, That's just such a great bit. I love it. Yep. And, of course, making fun of Donald when he starts to throw his fit and the ghost goes in front of him doing the same motion. Oh, yes. That's, <laughs> it's like a mirror thing. You know, that's great. And he, he hits him with the board. That, that's the whole thing is great. I really love it. Oh, yeah. It's a fantastic cartoon. But another big milestone other than Mickey Mouse's 90 has actually hit today. As I mentioned before, this wraps up season five. I have now completed five years of this show, and I am not done. Uh, And I'm actually working. We might have a very special guest next week. Uh, I haven't pinned everything down. We know the person is definitely going to come on the show. I just got to find the time to actually record. But there's another fantastic book I want to tell you all about. I'm going to bring the author on. And I think you're really going to enjoy it. So make sure you come back next week. And uh, maybe we'll we'll have Eric back with us again, hopefully. Uh, And he'll feel better next week. But either way, Phil will probably be here, if not. So... Well, there you go. So, yes. And, heck, you know what? Send us an email, podcast at neverlandpodcast.com, or, of course, join us on our Facebook page. We have a group and a, a page to just like. And, of course, we have Twitter never at NeverlandPCast. Tell us what your favorite Mickey Mouse cartoon is, and we can share it with everybody next week. You know, just get that conversation going. And, of course, when you're hearing the ads on the show, if you don't want to hear those ads, a simple solution is to go on Patreon, and for as little as a dollar a month, month you can get an rss feed that does not include those ads Uh, but i have to try to make sure that this podcast is paying for itself so it does come out of my pocket i do it because i love making the show i love sharing with you and make sure that you share the show with others because uh we i want this show to just keep on going and keep on growing and people enjoy it and, and join in on the fun that we're having together so make sure you're sharing us and that you contact us but uh i figure we better wrap this thing up Thank you for listening to the Neverland Podcast. We invite you back next week for more fun and adventure. Until then, remember to keep a pixie in your pocket. It's that young at heart, positive attitude that you can share with others. And remember to visit our website at NeverlandPodcast.com. There you can find links to our news page, our shop, our contact page, where you can easily send an email to podcast at NeverlandPodcast.com. You can also find our Neverlanders page, where you can find out how to become an official lost boy or pixie, because girls are too clever to get lost. Become a real Neverlander! Please feel free to leave us a voicemail at 816-226-6492. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at NeverlandPCast. And like our Neverland Podcast fan page on Facebook. We also have a group on Facebook for you to join. We also appreciate your support to keep the Neverland Podcast up and running. Visit Patreon.com slash Neverland Podcast to donate to Keeping the Pixie Dust Alive. Copyright content featured on the Neverland Podcast is copyright of their respective creators and used under fair use license. All original content is copyright of Blue Band Productions and a very special thanks to Yeehaw Bob Jackson at yeehawbob.com for our new ending music. God bless! Yeah! Hello everybody, this is Yeehaw Bob Jackson. Neverland Podcast, we love you. Neverland Podcast, we love you. Neverland Podcast.